Hey everyone, and welcome to the Yogi Misfit Sessions. My name is, I don't know why I did that. My name is Danny Pumploon, and I'm your host. Today I've got session 62, and today I have the yoga couple on the show, also known as Matt and Ashley. They are an amazing, first off, they're absolutely adorable. Second off, they're two really rad, magical, good human beings. Um, And third off, they are up to some really yummy, yummy, yummy goodness. They're about to release a book called The Inner Work. Um, I'm hoping that by the time the podcast is out, they have all the the book links coming out. I know it's coming out sooner than later. Um, It was an absolute joy to have them on the show. We really just talked about like pretty much digging down and, and dealing with your demons a bit. Um, and also how to how to like work through that with journaling and stuff. But it was a pleasure to have them on the show, and uh, yeah, let's get to it. Make sure you check out Amy McDonald's awesome Grow Your Business course. It's a six month program developed specifically for yoga teachers by Amy, who is an amazing yoga business coach. I've known Amy for quite a while now, and I really value her integrity and the content that she's put together for this course. She knows exactly what it is to be a yoga teacher, one, but also how to make this your main source of income. Growing Your Yoga Business is designed to help take people to the next level in their teaching. So whether you're trying to become a teacher trainer or maybe you're a yoga hobbyist right now and you want to turn this into an abundant yoga business, uh, this program is composed of eight different modules. You get to work with some live calls with Amy, you get some workbook stuff, and you get to cover the whole like gamut of marketing and how to just put everything together step by step. This business also talks about like different pricing and brand etiquette and just really how to get your project started. When you sign up for this course, let Amy know that I sent you and you'll receive a whole lot of goodies. Plus, you'll receive $100 off the course and my arm balance video series. And Amy will include a free Facebook ad training. That's a whole lot of goodies. If you pay the course in full, use the coupon code DANNYFULLPAY, that's D-A-N-N-I-F-U-L-L-PAY, to receive these goodies. Or if you opt for the payment plan, use the payment code DANNYPAYMENTPLAN, that's DANNYPAYMENTPLAN. I've included a link to the course in the show notes so that you can discover more about the program and see how you can utilize it to improve your yoga business. Don't forget, if you love the show, leave a review. There is a cool little link down below, and it tells you how to leave a review on iTunes. I can't stress how awesome it is to leave a review. It helps the show grow. It lets more people know about the show. So give us some love by leaving a quick little review if you love it. Much love to my friends over at SF Yoga Magazine. They are champions of the show, and I am champions of them. Without further ado, here goes episode 62. The Yoga Couple. Hello, guys. Hey, Danny. Aloha. Uh, that's right. You guys are in Hawaii, so what? aloha to you too. <laughs> Wait, I think it's what's the other? Is the, the response mahalo? No, no, mahalo. Thank you. But you can say it. Oh, well. 
<laughs> I've gone, I mean, I've gone to Hawaii a couple of times, but I've, I've heard the words. I just, you know, they kind of for, I forget them. All right. So the yoga couple, Matt and Ashley, let's let's first off, how did the yoga couple happen? Like, how did that, how did that whole thing come about? <laughs> yeah, um, actually, that's a funny story. Um, kind of the yoga couple <laughs> happened out of um well, <laughs> me and Matt had opened up a yoga studio um, in 2015, mm-hmm. and um, Matt was not a teacher yet, and I had already kind of known he was going to be like my forever person. We weren't engaged yet, but um, mm-hmm. we knew we were going to be, and um, I kind of wanted to like pull him into the studio presence and and make him a part of kind of our our lives um, in the yoga studio world. And um, nobody kind of knew how brilliant and passionate he was. And he studied yoga philosophy for many years. I mean, even before I think I did, but Mm -hmm. nobody knew he was a yogi. So I kind of forced him into sharing his wisdom and knowledge and started an Instagram page and was like, here you go, you're going to do it. So um, he didn't (laughs) didn't know he was becoming a yoga couple. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of an, in an effort to realize that like essentially Ashley and I are an entity like together and kind of like when you're speaking to one of us, you're speaking to both of us. So it just kind of streamlined and made it a lot easier to, um, you know, kind of realize that when we go into business, it's usually together, you know, in a sense. And so I guess that's kind of what it was. It was just a we're decision to be like, we're together. And whenever we go into businesses, we're together and you might as well just call us the yoga couple. Yeah, I wanted to be more <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of funny. It kind of came out of a a business thing with the studio. uh, And then we just kind of realized, you know, hey, it's actually, this is legit anyway. It's perfect. So that's awesome. I love that. And it's funny because I actually, I I accidentally bumped into you guys online. I like had no idea. I had no really like, like common thread or whatever. I just accidentally ran into you guys on Instagram and was like, they're interesting. I'd love to talk to them. That's brilliant. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. As I started to um, dig down and actually I was like, as I was prepping for the podcast, I was looking at your guys' Instagram stuff and I was looking at um, some of your your story highlights or whatever. And one of the things that really spoke out to me and, and I was listening to both of you guys, but Ashley, you were um, talking there. You guys have a little highlight on there. It's called uh, the inner work. And you were talking about how you had just finished this journaling session and how you were talking about like journal shadowing, shadowing and, and, and what, it, what it's about. And I was one, I was really interested in that, but two, is this concept of the inner work, like is something that you guys created and is it like, is it the inner work as far as, is it yoga based or is it more a psychology based or what is like, if you were to give me the elevator speech for the inner work, what is it? Mm, the elevator speech for the inner work. The inner work is a blend, actually, of both of those worlds. It's a blend of Western psychology from my background and mm-hmm. uh, an Eastern yogic approach to finding your most authentic uh, self-realized self, right? So in a sense, becoming your most full, happy, fulfilled, empowered, um, liberated, you know, fearless self. And it's a process of combining what you would do in yoga by looking at your... Uh, hidden blockages to why are you not fully in love with your life and in self-realized, right? So it combines a lot of the path of enlightenment and what we practice in yoga philosophy. But then it also, to help you get there, we bring in Western psychology 
to really break down the mind and what is happening and why are we suffering? Why did this, you know, where did this inheritance of ignorance come from and how do we uproot and heal it? Uh, because I think a lot of times, you know, yoga philosophy is fantastic and very um, powerful and profound. But sometimes you're like, okay, cool, that sounds amazing. Like, of course, I want to be, you know, liberated and enlightened. But then you're like, but my mind, man, I don't know if you've been in there, but it's pretty <laughs> anxious and it's got fear. And, you know, I'm competitive with the world. And, you know, you start to realize it actually takes a lot more work than we think. And um, it kind of blends into that, like yoga is a lifestyle, you know, and we want to kind of draw attention to the fact that this takes consistent effort and the psychology really helps create the how, you know, mm. how, how do we become realized? Mm. How do we become, you know, this yogic stage of like, you know, becoming enlightened. Ultimate peace. Yeah. Being peaceful, being and so content with life. It kind of came out of um, our own experience because Matt and I, we, we had met cause Matt was um, a writer and I had found his blog. He wrote a lot about enlightenment and yoga philosophy online. And I kind of was like a fan stalker. And so <laughs> met in real life eventually. And, um, we'd only spent a couple days together before we decided to like intertwine our lives and move in together. So we kind of just jumped mm -hmm. in moving in together without actually dating. And that process of moving in together, opening our first yoga studio while we were still getting to know each other really like pulled out our, you know, subconscious and a lot of triggers. And we kind of had to hold ourselves accountable to doing the work that that we talk about, you know, mm -hmm. that we talk about online, that we had presented our best selves to each other. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we've, we got thrown into the fire, really. So it's, you know, our experience over the last five years of holding each other, holding a mirror up for each other and saying, like, do you really want to, you know, be this happy and be this free, like, like you mm -hmm. said, we did. Why is it that you think that like, well, one, I, I mean, I, I have a whole concept on like the work as well. And, and I think, you know, it's awesome for people to do, but why do you think most people avoid doing the work? Oh man. Cause it's uncomfortable. You know, they're, yeah. they're you know, ultimately doing the work is stepping into your discomfort because the mind is, is resisting shedding our old self. And when we have this old self that's attached to our suffering, attached to our our traumas attached to our stories, you know, our, our pain. And, and it's hard to let that go because you have to, to be truly happy and liberated, you have to let it go. And the mind is incredibly tenacious and loves to hold on to that. And so when we're going through any type of transformation, the mind makes it really uncomfortable for us. And do you think that people like when they're going through this process, like what, I guess there's a few, there's a, so there's a few different uh, questions I have here. Like when people are going through this process, you know, like what is it that you keep them accountable to? Because what I find a lot in, 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 you know, I guess in self-help is just, you know, a lot of people think like you write it down and you will it into your life and that's it. And it's done when in all actuality, I feel like there's, that's like almost like spiritual bypass, you yeah. know, like there's a lot more work that goes into you. You can write down your goals and, you know, put a little pretty vision board up in your room and still be a terrible human being and not do any of the real work. You know, you, just because you have the things surrounding you doesn't mean that you are actually doing it. So what do you guys do? Or like in, in even, you know, in this book that you're writing and, and putting together, like how do you keep people accountable for their work? Yeah. And I'm just going to go back to yoga philosophy on this one, because in the yoga sutras, it says that, you know, yoga, the practice is consistent effort. And I think you just being a yoga teacher and teaching asana for so many years, um, 
I would go into my classes and like kind of talk about this stuff and it wasn't really correlating because people were like, well, I'm showing up, I'm doing yoga, I'm meditating, I'm breathing, you know, after my hard day at work and I'm sitting on my mat and um, taking this 15 minutes throughout my day, but like nothing's changing. And I started to like make that connection that people were associating the asana practice as like the quick fix and going to a yoga right. class is going to fix their lives. And that's not what the yoga sutras are teaching. They're not telling us to go do a yoga class once a day. And that's the consistent effort. The consistent effort is in moment to moment of how we're showing up to our lives, how we're responding, what we're thinking. Are we a servant to our mind or are we the master of it? The master of it and more so the observer of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to keep them accountable is, I guess, the simplest thread is, are you happy? Are you at peace? Because mm -hmm. if you're not, then you still have work to do. <laughs> so it's kind of like, <laughs> like throughout your day, if you're getting triggered still, then that's where your work, that's your work is. So the accountability is if you can't go a whole day in a state of gratitude and contentment, I mean, bad, you know, negative things can still happen to you, but how are you reacting to them? And if we're still reacting in a very negative way and getting upset and angry and discontent and maybe taking it out on other people, then obviously we still have work to do, right? So the accountability is just, can you maintain peace? So you guys started to put these different collections of like, I mean, your thoughts and also your processes, your processes and, and, and put this into what you're now like the inner work, right? You're, you're mm -hmm. creating this book. Like, so when, which I think is awesome because I honestly think like people, like you, the more tools and techniques that we we're able to hand out to people to like free themselves, like I'm all on board 100%, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that yoga is one way of, of getting there. But I also think that there's multiple like, you know, ways of, and avenues of getting there as well. When you guys were putting together the book then, you know, or, or you know, I know you're, you're almost there, um, you know, what, what kinds of things did you guys take into consideration? Like what, how did you decide what your message was going to be and why that was going to be it? And, and when you, I'm, I'm sure there was so much material to put into this book that, you know, you had to narrow it down to just like, you know, your top, whatever techniques that you had top 10 or five or whatever it was. Right, man. I've been, this has been like a <laughs> 12 year journey for me. So this is like a culmination of of everything I've been studying. This is like the fourth time I've tried to write this. So it's been a refining <laughs> process. The first book I wrote was like 400 pages. It yeah. was way too big and way too heady and like did not resonate. That's why I'm laughing because it's so been. <laughs> this is this has been a real like um, refinement. You know, it's been, um, we've kind of learned through trial and error over these, at least for myself, these 12 years of this, of trying to convey it in a way that is most helpful, you know? And then Ash came along and really kind of helped me out. Yeah, and for for the getting to the the base of the inner work was really just simplicity. And so we yep. have simple, all these years simple, simple. of studies and it's like, we could just put it all in there make it really complicated and really... I did that the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it was, the people who make it, you know, complicated never get congratulated. You know what I mean? It's like... It's right. kind of keep it simple. Like the truth is simple. It's simple, simple, simple. And, you know, part of my like academic background made me make things complex because academics loves complexity. The ego loves making things really hard and like sophisticated and really intense. And you got to you got to know the, the lingo, right? You got to know the jargon. Like it's all like it's all BS. Honestly, like this, the truth is simple. And 
the the real process has been how can I make this simpler? How can I continue to get out of my head and out of my ego and just be like, look, man, you don't need to suffer. You are so loved. You are innocent. You are pure. There's nothing you need to contend with. There's no opposition. There's no one opposing your birthright. You you are this. How can we just simply get you back to remember what you already are? Nothing needs to be earned. Nothing needs to be proved. You know, it's just like we create these really intense paths and like journeys to get to one simple conclusion that you are it. You are what you are seeking, you know? And um, the inner work really is um, a way for us to kind of stop struggling yeah, and, and let go and to let go. And, and it would be just easy to just tell people, well, the, the simple answer is stop struggling, you know, but that, that seems really challenging for, for our minds since we've been addicted to doing that our whole lives. And we were kind of raised into a paradigm where, you know, feeling good is got to be a struggle and Mm -hmm. um, getting, you know, somewhere is a struggle and everything, everything, everything is always a struggle and we have to earn it. We have to earn it. We're taught that we have to earn it when really like our birthright is that beingness and the inner work is really that process of letting letting go go. of the struggle. Um, So it's not really like a, you know, a, a, it's not about achieving anything. Yeah. You know, Buddha said when he was enlightened, they were like, what did you gain? He was like, I didn't gain anything. I just let go of fear. I let go of anger. I let go of desire. And I think that's really what it's all about. The, the irony is the inner work is to let go, to surrender. And the only reason there's explanation for that is because the mind is following very predictable patterns of behavior of how it identifies itself, how it creates a persona for us and then attaches its sense of self to our suffering. Like we're very attached to our suffering. If you really start doing the inner work, um, you, you really look at your beliefs and you're like, whoa, man, I really like my anger. I actually really like, you know, I can't seem to let that go. Or I really like my, we keep my story. I really like being the victim, man. It's like really addicting. You know, I kind of get off on it a little. Like, you know, you start to look at some of our more negative traits of like the struggle. I love the struggle. Me personally, like this is my issue. I like making things challenging so that I get to be the hero of my own little imaginary fantasy, right? Like you start to look at your, you start to look at your own shit and you realize like, wow, man, I make my life hard when it doesn't need to be. It's all in my head. You know, I'm creating a a story that doesn't need to be there and life could be easy and innocent and full of love. But I'm enjoying having enemies. I'm enjoying having to like contend with an opponent. And it's all in our head. It's all it's all a story. It's all a narrative that we were fed from youth, you know? Why do you think people are just so, I mean, attached to it though? Like why it's you know, it sounds like a pretty simple recipe. Like, let's just let it go, you know. And and, and coming from experience, like I know for sure that, that just letting it go is not the like it's not just the answer. You can't just let it go. That's you don't just wake up one day and you decide it's it's over. Yeah. Why do you think that we get so attached to this stuff? Well, so this is where the Western psychology comes in. So from what I've observed in my time of studying psych is just that the mind is very naive and impressionable and like a computer hardware it's it'll just accept whatever you program it with and in the 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 shortest simplest answer to your question is we inherit our ignorance we inherit these stories of suffering because when we are born into this world in yoga we would call it karma you inherit a karma or in other words you inherit a, a a system of beliefs and thoughts and view of the world 
right? From parents, from parents, teachers, society, religion. And then the mind, you know, naively just accepts all this as who I am. So if you are abused as a child, uh, the mind says, this is who I am. I am abused. I must not be of worth. I must be, uh, this must be me. And, and the mind is naive. It's very, it's very innocent. And it's just sponging our traumas. And it's saying, this is me. This is life. This is real. And it doesn't realize that when we get into adulthood, it may still be carrying out that story. Even though the, the trauma is long past, we still are walking around the world with a low self-esteem being like, hey, I'm, I'm abused. And then business partners come along and abuse you or a, a relationship abuses you or you know, you keep finding yourself in these really negative situations, all just validating this story. So that's the whole process of bringing in the Western psychology is how do we shed a story that your mind has now become utterly attached to? It, it, it actually is identifying itself as it, you know, it just, it's naive. And we have to kind of learn how our mind works because we just don't know. We're all innocent. We're all just so innocent. We don't know. We're all doing the best that we can. We don't know that our mind is capable of this. Yeah. And the letting go, like you just said, it, it's, it's easier said than done because those neuron connections in our brain are just mm. so freaking strong. Like literally we have like a biological yeah, now, obstacle now because we've strengthened those connections so long in our minds that, you know, we're, we're addicted to that chemical release of anger. Yeah. We're addicted to the chemical release of sadness and undoing that means we've got to make neuron connections that are now stronger than those ones to replace it. And that's yeah. what, that's what that shadow journaling we were talking about on our Instagram is. It's about kind of making the connection that what you're experiencing in the now is maybe a, a maybe you're experiencing the now from the, a lens of the past. Like, am I really mm. in the present moment or am I viewing my present moment through my past experience and bringing it into the mm. now? Right, right. I think that there's there's a beauty in a way when someone can get to the point where they can tell their story and not have to relive it. Mm. And then, you know, there's a, there's a sense of there's a, a sense of freedom and ownership, you know, and, and I, I mean, I can only talk from my experience, you know, but I, I now share my story a lot more frequently and, and easily because I know that it doesn't own me. You know, it, it was mm. I was I, it definitely it's a part of me because that's how I got here, but it isn't necessarily like I don't have to be that same person again. Right, right. Yeah, you know, it's actually, what do you, I was just talking to a friend about that last night of you can still have your past. You're never going to get rid of your past. So you're never going to get rid of the actual traumatic experiences or the negativity in it, but you can change how you are viewing it, what you're saying about it. You know, is it a source of inspiration and wisdom or is it still something that's you know, crippling. And that's really all that changes is your, your view and story about it. Right. 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 And actually making sense of like, not just trying to flip the script, but actually making true sense of it, unpacking it, mm -hmm. taking responsibility and ownership for the things that you did and didn't do and where you're victimizing yourself and where you're not victimizing yourself totally. and then putting it away neatly. Totally. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, Cause I think like most people are just like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like most people want that, that, I mean, look at where we're at. There's, there's, there's 10 steps to getting flat abs. There's, you know, here's your five, mm -hmm. day, your five days into handstand and like everything is just a quick fix. And you forget when it comes to your mind and your emotions and your, you know, your, your, your samskaras, you know, to say the least, you can't just unpack that. There is no quick recipe. There is no diet pill that makes that better. And like, yep. it's like you guys were saying, it's the work and yep. you're either that like 
at the end of the day, this stuff is repairing, maintaining, and cleaning, and it's work. And some, it's not, you know, it's not groundbreaking, and it's also not, you know, it's not, it's not life, life threatening. It's just work. And some people want to go to work, and some people don't want to go to work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yep, and that's exactly what it is. You know, that's throughout the book, we constantly reiterate, like, you know, this is a consistent effort. It's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yoga is Mm -hmm. a lifestyle. It's meant to be a lifestyle. And I think our Western culture is is kind of slowly learning that. But in all reality, we really just kind of got attached to the the really fun, quick fix idea of it. And it's, you know, it was always intended to be a, a constant effort. Right. Do you guys see yourself doing like a, a some type of inner inner work movement, like with this book, which by the way, when's it coming out? Our goal is to shoot for next year. So the beginning of next year, like January. around January. Yeah. Um, it, Perfect. It's where it's finished. Like it's written. Now we're just, you know, the obsessing, perfecting, you know, making sure is anything missing, you know, just kind of reviewing, reviewing, right. reviewing, reviewing. Um, yeah. As far as the movement, that why not? Sure. <laughs> I have Doing massive that. dreams for this. Sure. Yeah. We have um, all kinds of amazing plans for what is all of this capable of becoming. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love it if everybody in the world was doing yeah, their I mean, own. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Ultimately, the, the book is so that the world can be at peace. If I were to just really put the intention out there, I mean, I want myself to be at peace, and then if I find peace, I also want to obviously share that opportunity and make sure everyone can have it as well. So, in in the, as far as the movement goes, yes, let's make the world peaceful, mm-hmm. let's make mm-hmm. everyone feel empowered, and restore the power of the individual. I think that's really an important thing maybe to point out is it's all about each individual has to do their own work to, for society to heal. And Oh my I, God, yeah. yeah. As, a, as a world, <laughs> we focus so much on like, you know, the government's going to do it or re- maybe this bill or this law or this regulation or this, this, this. And, and for me, it's like, no, man, the individual, every individual person has to do their own work. No one can fix this yeah. for us. No one even showing up to your favorite your favorite teacher's yoga class they like they may say really cool things and you get inspired but if you just go in listen and you go back yeah. and you do nothing about it like totally. it doesn't work by osmosis <laughs> totally totally you got to re-empower the individual and and inspire each other to to realize the benefits of this it all comes back to you you know like if you're happy out there creating amazing things it's only benefiting me and then that makes me inspired and happy and then i go create amazing things that then ripple back to you like it's all you know the irony is in the beauty of the health of the individual it also benefits the collective it's the evolution of i mean it's truly is the evolution of yourself as a person but it's like it's also your evolution to thrive and to become friends with fear and to you know, like you were saying, empowering or more, not just empowering, but like reigniting that fire or reminding people that it's there and reminding them that they do have that strength and they do have that compassion and they do have that all the like, I mean, all the effort and ease inside of them to be able to to push and to slow down and to give yourself a break and also to light that fire under your ass. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's amazing, you guys. I mean, anything I think that we can, you know, anything that we can do as humans, like I think people forget, like at the end of the day, we're all here to walk each other home. And I firmly believe that like this life is is full for us when we're in service of others. And 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 we can look at that one way, you know, there, there's a shadow side to service. I, I say that often, but like, you know, we rise when we really start to bring other people up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Ramana Marashi, uh, you know, said the 
your your self-realization is the greatest service mm-hmm. you can give to humanity. 100%. I love it. I love it. I, I love everything that you guys are doing. I think your posts are so inspirational. I'm super excited to uh, hear and, and read the book when it comes out. I, I, I have We'll probably put it on book club, which is pretty exciting because we, we all get pretty nerdy on the book club thing. On the <laughs> okay, right on. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Until uh, the next Yogi Misfit session, this is Danny, Matt, and Ashley saying peace out. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>